the moment has arrived. I'm Tom Dickinson, and you may have forgotten about the moment, but it hasn't forgotten about you, and you are now listening to it. On each episode of this podcast, which is called The Moment, I speak with a different guest about a particular moment from an episode of Doctor Who that that guest has things that they would like to tell me about. This week, I am joined by Michaela Micamonico, an aerospace engineer who co-hosts The Web of Queer, a long-running Doctor Who podcast that discusses Doctor Who from a variety of queer perspectives. And as we are fast approaching Spyfall, the premiere of Jodie Whittaker's second season as the Doctor, I'm glad Michaela gave us this opportunity to revisit 2018's The Woman Who Fell to Earth, Whittaker's first episode in the starring role. Just after regenerating, the 13th Doctor finds herself without a TARDIS and without a clear idea of who she even is. But there's no time to rest and regain her bearings, because the Doctor and her new friends Grace, Graham, Ryan, and Yaz have to stop a menacing alien hunter warlord named Sim Shaw. The episode's climax brings us to a construction yard, where Tim Shaw is about to claim his quarry, the hapless crane operator Carl. But the Doctor has scaled the crane to save Carl and confront her foe. Just in the nick of time, our hero suddenly has a flash of insight and remembers what it is she's forgotten. And that is where Michaela's moment happens. So, I picked the moment in The Woman Who Fell to Earth where the 13th Doctor is on the crane and gets asked again. Who are you? Yes, I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. She declares that... I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. She kind of sums that up as... Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this Mm -hmm. planet. Which... While you still have a choice. For me, was really important, because I was about ready to walk away from Doctor Who. And this, the way the Doctor describes herself in that scene, and the way the Doctor is, like, figuring herself out in that entire episode, pulled me back in and was like, okay, yes, this is my Doctor. I can stay. Hmm. What was it that had been making you want to kind of break ties with Doctor Who? The entire previous season. The entire previous season. (laughs) Well, 12 in general, and then the entire previous season in particular. I had a really hard time with 12. What were the elements you had a hard time with? That he wasn't kind. This is gun girl. She's got a gun and she's a girl. This is a sort of boss one. He the same one as before. That he didn't see... I'm his Kara. Yeah, my Kara. She cares, so I don't have to. To care about people. My doctor was never that cruel, and I felt like often he was. Hmm. I loved Bill and was so angry with how she was treated. Mm. Why do I see a Cyberman in the mirror? Like, if we hadn't been podcasting, I don't think I would have finished that series. I would have walked away because she deserved better than that. Right. So having a doctor that just, like, every moment through that episode, she's asking about the names of people. What's your name? PC Khan, Hallamshire Police. Name, not title. Yasmin Khan. Yes, to my friends. Who were small. She seemed to care. She seemed to remember. She seemed to do all those things. That 12 hadn't. Mm. And when she's summing herself up, she wasn't doing the lonely god or like, it was just like fair play. She was caring about a single individual human. It wasn't the fate of the universe. Yeah, that's interesting because one of the things my mind uh, jumped to with regard to this moment is there are some similar moments in other first episodes for other doctors. Similar in terms of like, they are the big crescendo of the doctor realizing who they are. I'm thinking of... David Tennant's duel with the Sycorax in the Christmas Invasion. And now I know what sort of man I am. Mm. Matt Smith, his moment on the rooftop of the hospital in the 11th hour. Basically, 
run. And both of those are, I've figured out who I am and you better be terrified about it because who I am is a big badass hero. This is something a little different from that. Yes. She's offering him the chance to change, which the doctor does a lot. The doctor gives people second chances all over the place, but it felt more sincere than perhaps some of the other ones. Twelve had already made the decision and was going through the motions. Hmm. I know a lot of people really like Capaldi's doctor, and I think Capaldi is an amazing actor. He, he's actually my favorite, so I'm not on the same yeah, page with you here, yeah. but, but I, I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just... From the very beginning, with Clara, like the comments he made to her about her appearance. You're not a young woman anymore. Yes, I am. Well, you don't look it. I do. From the very beginning, just felt so. Keep your spirits up, Clara, Clara. Clara. Unnecessarily cruel. Mm. Like all the way through, I just felt that he he wasn't my doctor in a way that, which is fine because there's lots of Doctor Who, but I wasn't having fun anymore. It was a slog. Yeah. And if people asked me who my doctor was, I was ready to say I hate them all and walk away. (laughs) And by the end of this episode, the answer was my doctor is 13. Hmm. What is it about her that made you feel that when she makes that offer, it's sincere? Her speech about change. We're all capable of the most incredible change. It was as much about herself as it was about we can honor who we've been the stanza and choose who we want to be next. Now's your chance. But how about I feel like if he let the guy go, she would have let him go. Mm. It felt like she cared more about individuals than I'd seen in recent Doctor Who. Like, going back to that, she knew everyone's name. And she used you that once privileged to encounter against him when, of he, the when she didn't like what he was doing. Tim Shaw. She mocked his name, which I don't really like. But Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. It seemed like compassion and care and kindness were first and foremost. Yeah, that's all throughout the episode. I think, in general, her doctor has a sort of sincerity to it. She's much less likely to be flippant than almost any other doctor. Yeah. I can't think of a doctor who's less flippant and and more sincere. And she does little things like, I think there's a moment in the episode where they they see someone who's died and she says, I'm sorry you all had to see this. Yeah. I'm sorry any of this is happening. Which is? I'm sorry that thing on the train planted these bombs inside you and I'm sorry I haven't figured out what's going on yet. It's hard to imagine any other version of the doctor saying that, especially Capaldi's doctor, who's more likely to kind of mock someone's reaction to it. Yeah, top layer if you want to say a few words. A man has just died. You will not talk like that. Yeah, and she took the time, like the train driver dies, and we don't know her name because she's only ever on screen after her death. But the doctor takes the time to be like, poor woman. That thing must have killed us. It came through. Must it? Mm. Didn't kill anyone else. Like she acknowledges the death. She died of shock when it smashed through the window. Yeah. So this moment for the doctor is kind of a moment of realization, I guess. And she's remembering the fact of her name, but she's also kind of coming into herself both as the doctor and also as the 13th doctor. Mm. What do you think it means to be the doctor? I guess like if you go back to to Capaldi's speech at the very end. Basic stuff first. When he's about to regenerate. Never be cruel, never be cowardly. About like being kind. Never ever eat pears. The way he talks about the advice he's passing on. Laugh hard. It feels very aspirational to the doctor. I don't think he ever fulfilled any of what he said. Hmm. There at the end. 
However, I do think that is something that the doctor should always be striving for. Like, I think the doctor, at their best, cares about everyone, including uh, who's she? little people. Nobody important. Nobody important. The doctor at their best is... Blimey, that's amazing. Never met anyone who wasn't important. Do you know, in 900 years of time and space, I've never met anyone who wasn't important mm. before. That cares about justice. I feel like we often didn't see that in this season as much as I wanted to. It felt like very much... In a lot of the episodes, the doctor was upholding the status quo more than I wanted the to see. The systems aren't the problem. How people use and exploit the system, that's the problem. Yeah. But in that moment, I feel like that is what she is striving for, is like the importance of everyone. And I like the doctor is also the person who can be like honestly cruel and unfeeling and big picture and all those things. But at their best, they aren't. Do you think the 13th Doctor ever falls into that? Not as much as I'd seen in other Doctors, at least not so far. But I also feel like the series hasn't really explored her character that much. Mm. I want Doctor Who to love the 13th Doctor as much as I do and be as invested in her story. Because I feel like it was very much Graham's show. Yeah. yeah. We got all the character development, all the interest was in Graham and Graham's relationships. We didn't get the kind of self-reflection and development for 13 that we have seen in other Doctors. Doctors. Yeah, I think the the only real example I can think of is I believe there's a moment in the Saranga conundrum where she's talking to I forget the name of the character, but one of the um, mm, yeah workers on that um, the hospital ship, and she's being very self absorbed about her need to get back to the TARDIS, and he kind of delivers a reality check about the dangers involved and the people whose lives are at stake. You're being hostile and selfish. There are patients on board who need to get to Mrs. One as a matter of urgency. My job is to keep all of you safe. You're stopping me from doing that. One of the critical differences between how she reacts to that versus how almost any other doctor would react, she you're right. immediately realizes, I'm sorry, you're right, and apologizes. Of course you're right. Yeah, she was definitely straying into that sorry part of the doctor, which is definitely there, but not the kind of doctor I want to see. And I'm glad that she got that reality check and moved on from it. Like, I want the Doctor to be an aspirational character, I guess, is my thing. Right. And I think I think part of that is like seeing that she does still have that tendency that she might have to struggle with and overcome. It's not something that's just been yeah. erased from her and magically she's a better person now. It's something she has to actually make an effort at. Yeah, definitely. One of the things she mentions, kind of what she's saying to, to Tim Shaw is... We can evolve while still staying true to who we are. We can honor who we've been and choose who we want to be next. For finding her identity, it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's it's looking towards the past and also creating something new for the future. How do you think she reinvents what it means to be the Doctor? I don't think she's totally broken with her past. Like, there's definitely aspects of the other Doctors in her, in her, like, she's got a lot of the same traits. It's just a different balance. The curiosity, the drive to learn, to build. Because what I really need is my... And she's building the sonic screwdriver. Like, that is I could build so doctory to I'm me. I'm good at building things. Probably. And, like, we have seen other doctors show that compassion. It's just, I feel like she's pulled it more to the forefront than we've seen. Mm. To go back to what she says about... Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. In the context of Doctor Who, what do, what do you think that means, fair play? I see it as, like, related to justice in, like, a social justice type of context. So, like, when people need help, I never refuse. For example, in that scene, we have her defending an individual against 
a alien hunter. Like, the universe is not at stake. The planet's not even at stake. Mm. There's one single person at stake in this. We don't see stakes that small in Doctor Who very often. So the fact that her introduction was something so relatively small, but she still cared. Mm. I think the whole fair play thing is, like, it's, it's not just I need to save the universe. It's, like, she needs to improve sounds so arrogant. <laughs> for the doctor but like i i want to go there like i want to say she's looking to right wrongs mm. to find a more just way forward and i guess arrogance is also an intrinsic part of the doctor so yeah and it pretty much always has been yes she offers tim shaw a chance to redeem himself which he obviously doesn't take that's a fairly familiar uh, exchange to see in doctor who yeah I've got to give them a choice. Um, as part of kind of her persona of offering fair play, do you think that's warranted? Do you think she makes the right choice in even extending that to him? I want that to be the right choice, but I'm not always convinced it is. I would love a universe where offering bad people a second chance fixed things. But we also live in today's society, which is showing that that is really not working. Mm. Which I think was part of the frustration I had with this series was that, like, yes, she offered second chances, but then she also was very keen to let things stand. Like in the uh, Kerblam episode. Mm. He's the Kerblam man! It's the war! The Kerblam man! Just I want her to take that factory down. Yeah. The Come on, Kira. floor supervisor. Engage brain if you can find it. Who is just being cruel to the workers. Sorry, Mr. Slater. Hey. Don't talk to her like that. It's, it's okay. No, it's not. They quickly kind of accept, oh, he's a, he's a good guy now. And th there's no there's no reason for Kerblam to still exist, even. Yes. I want her to go further. Like, fair play is good, but you need to be willing to back it up with, like, meaningful change. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like what you're saying about the need to, like, bring the factory down, make drastic change, that seems like a very Seventh Doctor tendency to me. Yeah, that's... Seems right. Which also seems rooted in a sense of, I don't know if fair play is the term he would use, but definitely a certain sense of crusading justice. Um, yeah. Although he's very manipulative. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a tactic you see the uh, the 13th Doctor use no. pretty much at all. And looking at the 7th Doctor, like you see instances where he... And you should kind of evil inside her. Says horrible things to Ace. chosen a social misfit if I hadn't known. Because he's trying to achieve another goal. An emotional cripple. I wouldn't waste my time on her unless I had to use her somehow. No! And that reminds me kind of of a lot of what 12 did to Clara. Stuff like Mummy on the Orient Express, where... This is why I'm leaving you this, because you lied. You lied to me again. And now you've made me lie. You've made me your accomplice. She what? is being Sorry. manipulated into lying to people. Mm. I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah, he, he does quite the same thing to, to Bill in... It's not a trick. It's not a plan. I have joined the monks. The lie of the land. He... Whatever it takes, I'm going to save you from yourself. Oh, yeah. I was so... <sighs> He, he goads her into shooting him by pretending he's joined the fascist alien monks. And it's not just that he did that. It was the reaction afterward. Okay, now you're going to get me angry. <laughs> so he does that to her, like, to prove herself. Sure, whatever. If you really need to go there, doctor, go there. But then he, like... Good girl! Claps and laughs and acts like it's no big deal and never goes back to it again. Regeneration a little bit too much. No, I thought it was a nice touch. Too much. There's no apology. There's no acknowledgement of what he just put her through. He's like, oh, yeah, everything's good. And that that is the stuff that, like, just I'm ready to walk away because I'm just so mad because she deserves better she she deserves like acknowledgement of the trauma yeah and i think i think to some extent if, if you look back at the curse of fenric with the seventh doctor and ace example that story kind of i was an emotional cripple 
A social misfit. Treats that as being... I had to make you lose your belief in me. A very hard choice for the doctor to make. Mm. The one he regrets and apologizes for. Leave me. Whereas in The Lie of the Land, it's a flippant, you know, he high-fives Nardole or whatever, and then they move on. Yeah, it was the, it was that kind of stuff. It was, it was Bill as a Cyberman no, in the shed. I'm sorry, but you can't be angry anymore. A temper is a luxury you can no Why can't I? Being told she's not allowed to be angry. Why can't I be angry? Because her anger no. is dangerous. Mm. It's all that where it's like he's making choices for her and not acknowledging what that's doing to her. Mm. And I guess I didn't see that in 13 the same. Like, yeah. she was treating her companions as people who were equal to her. Right. It's a very flat team structure. For the most part. There's exceptions. But it feels like a much less manipulative relationship. Yeah. What do you think of the character of Carl in this episode? Carl, right. Brian. He's central to this moment, too, because he's the sort of helpless hostage that, that Tim Shaw has at his mercy. This big hero moment is her effort to save him. So what do you think about him as a character? He's interesting in that he's just, like, a person who wants to go to work and do his job and go home. Mm. And, like, he doesn't want to be involved with the aliens. Like, when she's like, we all want to know what's going on. No, we all want answers. He's like, no, I don't. Actually, um, I don't want answers. I just want to get to work and forget all about this. Which is totally valid. That's all right with everyone. Yeah. Even if it isn't. And one thing I did not like about that crane scene was when he throws Tim Shaw off the crane and the doctor says that he had no right to do that. I am important! You had no right to do that. Hmm. Because he's just been held hostage. It's been explained that he's... What do you do with them? Your human trophies. Going to be dragged back to a stasis thing. stasis in our trophy chambers on the cusp between life and death. Left to rot. How completely obscene. And the doctor hasn't actually explained to him what she did. Right. And then she feels the need to judge him for lashing out at a person who very unambiguously means him harm. And also kind of for ruining her big plan. Yes, that too. It's the arrogance kind of peeking through, both her arrogance in terms of like, oh, I was doing this, I had this handled, and also in terms of the, the sort of moral superiority there. Oh yeah, 100%. But I, I do kind of appreciate that she kind of comes down hard on Carl for that, but she doesn't come down hard on him for turning his nose up at the call to adventure. Yeah. Um, in the way that I think some of the other doctors might have done. I, I want to I say in Smith and Jones. Well then, Martha Jones, question is, how is Oh, it can't be. There's another medical student in the hospital that panics and falls to pieces, and the doctor kind of makes a snide remark at her before going off with Come on. Martha. Not her, she called us up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of that with Mickey too, in the in especially early on in season one, but And also Danny. Danny too, yeah. If he's not interested in being a part of this traveling in the TARDIS, that's sort of a, a lesser life choice to make almost. Yes. Definitely. Whereas I don't think there's any of that, yeah. She assumes everyone's going to want to go with her, but there's no judgment when he leaves. And the whole episode is basically about saving him. And like when she's trying to save him and he's scared to jump, like she's surprised because... I'm not great with heights! Crane operators are great heights. It's my dad's company! She encourages him, she doesn't put him down. Capano! 
Nova. Mm. She's very positive. Okay, I am special. Yes, you are. Like she clearly knows. Like this is a very fraught situation. He doesn't have a lot of time. But I feel like other doctors might have been more like you don't have a choice. It's this or die. Yeah. So how do you feel about the episode overall, The Woman Who Fell to Earth? I love it until they kill Grace, and then I, like, burn everything down. Yeah, which is right after this. Yes. Grace, I guess, is the woman who fell to Earth, I guess. They fridged two black women in two episodes. Yeah. yeah. And they don't even seem to have noticed it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, part of me is just, like, how can you have done this and not noticed and thought you were doing a good thing? Because this is so, like, pretty much the literal definition of fridging. Like, they promise me. Kill off Grace for Graham's character you development. Don't be scared. What do you mean? And Ryan's, but they're so focused on Graham's. Without me. They forget that half the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I want Grace in the TARDIS. I love this episode, and then it just does a complete 180, and I'm ready to burn the whole thing down. Hmm. I'm like, I'm mad that they put that in there because it's like I can't unambiguously love this because you did such a horrible thing. It's hard because that is that is the glaring thing that I think ever since the episode aired, that's that's been the one kind of fly in the ointment yeah. that a lot of people have. You know, obviously you have complainers who are going <laughs> to hate any episode of Doctor Who, and that seems to have only increased with the first female Doctor. Oh yes, of course. But even among those who are kind of engaging in a more constructive, good-faith way. It's hard to get around how distressing that particular storytelling choice was. Yeah, and, like, I I just want to be happy about, like, the scene where she builds a screwdriver and Mm. her taking a stand and her, like, building friendships and family with these people. Like, I just want to be happy about it, but I feel guilty liking it because I'm like, no, this is not okay. It's it's ironic, too, because some of my favorite scenes in the episodes are this, like, the way the Doctor acts... After Grace dies, the way she... What time did your dad say get here? Two hours ago. Kind of is there for them. If he said he'll come. He says a lot of things. Uh, is there for Ryan, attends the funeral. Yes. Does things she doesn't usually do. And I, I love that stuff. I just hate the event that precipitates that. Make it Graham's funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and like, when does the doctor attend funerals? When does the doctor care about the aftermath? Right. And, like, I'm really glad that she cares about the aftermath, that she's attending the funerals. She's there for Ryan. Mm-hmm. I just am so angry about all the reasons why it's happening. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there was a lot of that in the series overall. We had a lot of dead queer characters. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like they were going for diversity without considering the impact of their choices. Right. It's like the whole diversity versus inclusion thing. You have diversity where you've got a lot of different types of people represented. There's not, it's not inclusion in that there isn't safety. Like those are the characters that are ending up dead at an overwhelming rate. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of an interesting tension in the show, especially throughout this season, that the spirit of inclusion is something that they are paying attention to in terms of how they characterize the doctor. Yeah. But it's not coming through in terms of some of the broader storytelling choices that are happening behind the scenes. Or even like as big an issue as like we have our series with our first female doctor and the entire arc focus is still the old white guy. Mm. 
I want the show to be more progressive than it is. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I feel like the show has gotten a little bit more conservative, even. Uh, it's made more of an effort to cast diverse people and to put diverse people behind the scenes, but also, like you mentioned before, it's very status quo, uh, capitalism, the system works, and uh, I find that frustrating. Yeah, no, I like I, I just desperately, like, this I think is an indication of, like, they need more diversity behind the camera. Because mm. they're not seeing the things we're seeing. Right. They're like, hey, we have people of color and queer people in our stories. We're adding this diversity on screen, but they're not considering the types of stories they're putting these people in. The, I heard someone say for the resolution, I don't remember who this is, so I can't credit it, but the gay character is like, most secure digits in Yorkshire. That's what's on me boyfriend anyway hi i'm gay whoops i'm dead i I probably shouldn't be telling you that he was like 11 seconds or something between why him randomly announcing he's gay and being dead But we get that again. We have, um, what's her name's character in The Ghost Monument? Oh, I've died because of... Who talks about her off-screen dead wife. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. We have, uh, in the Iraq News in the UK... Frankie. We have a character who tells us she's married to another woman. We're family, right? What are you again? I'm your niece's wife, sir. Exactly. Who's immediately killed. Do you know who this is? Like it just her name is Frank. Over and over and over Look again. What they did to her. There's these I little think... throwaway things. It's like, hey, we're increasing diversity, but they're all dead. So, so overall, what would you say is your opinion of series eleven as a whole? I love the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I love Yaz. I like Ryan. Any uh, Graham to die. I should have gone. <laughs> and Grace should still be here. No, I don't have anything against this character except that he can also retire gracefully off the TARDIS. But like the show can't seem to get away from focusing on him, and that just makes me super angry. And it's mostly the two female characters of the four-person team who get the short end of the stick there. I want the series of the Doctor and Yaz and Grace going off to save the universe. They could still do that. Yeah. I'm sure they can find some alternate dimension or time travel way to do that. But I love 13, but in so many ways, this series fails to live up to what I want for it. So what would you like to see different in series 12? I want the show to show me that it cares about its main character. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the doctor. Let's look at the characters. Let's look at Yaz, because she's basically there as filler half the time. Like, if you're going to make all this big noise about how you finally cast a woman as a doctor, care about the women in your show. Mm. Like, don't just sprinkle in diversity and think you're done. And if you don't know how to do that, hire people who do. Most of the uh, most of the doctors that we've seen over the years have um, changed over the course of the seasons they've portrayed the doctor. Often they've, they come back to the second season with a more focused idea of what they'd like to do with the character. Mm-hmm. How would you like to see the doctor's character change in uh, series 12? I want her to be more radical. Hmm. I don't want her satisfied with the status quo. Yeah, I, think, I think that's part of fair play. Yeah, it's, it's extending it. It's looking at the bigger picture and not just what's immediately under her nose. I want a doctor that is willing to burn things to the ground if they need to be burned down to the ground. And that concludes this week's episode of The Moment. Thank you very much to Michaela Micamonico for joining me this week. You can follow Michaela on Twitter over at Michaela Mick. That's M-I-K-A-Y-L-A-M-I-C. And you can also hear them on the Web of Queer podcast. At last year's Gallifrey One, they also gave a great presentation for the academic track on the topic of asexuality, aromanticism, and Doctor Who. And you can read that over at their blog, which is linked in the show notes. What and where are these show notes, you might ask? Why, they're notes about the show, and you can find them over at themomentpod.com, where you can find all the previous episodes of the show, as well as the relevant links and whatnot. If you have been paying attention, 
you might have noticed that it's been quite some time since you last heard the moment in your feed. I apologize for the extended absence. Life kind of got in the way a bit, what with the new job and the moving and the grad school applications and all the other things that are happening. There is still one more episode of season two that you will be hearing before I start properly hibernating again. Since last we spoke, the Who for Schools campaign wrapped up. Yes, it really has been all that long. Thanks to those of you who donated, especially those of you who rose to my call to spread the word on Twitter, like Rachel Donner, Rachel T, Richard Off Something Who, Kevin Likes, and Terminus Cast. You can follow us on Twitter at The Moment Pod, and if you'd like to kick in a last-minute contribution for the final episode of the season, head over to patreon.com slash themomentpod and subscribe. For those of you who are celebrating holidays, I hope that they are happy ones, and for those of you who are excited about the new Star Wars movie, I hope that you find it enjoyable. And for the rest of you, well, I hope you have a chill time and keep it real. The season finale of The Moment will be posted on New Year's Eve, which is to say, I'm Tom Dickinson. And I'll be back in a moment.